Hello and welcome to Minip, your fantasy sports community. I'm your host, Blake, coach of Youngies Yaks, and I'm joined by Clinton. Thank you, Blake. I'm coach of Dash's Dogs. I got off to a pretty good start. And yeah, there's already a fair bit of news already as recently as 15 minutes ago. So it's all happening and I'm looking forward to round two. Yeah, well, we're looking for a new few new segments, Clinton. We might be able to do a Dash's breaking news. It might be a stealing off the traders a bit, but um, I'm not. Might... I'm not sure about that. No, I'm not. That's, uh, I don't want to uh, be that known as that. Uh, I'm sure we've got some um, good information for us there, Clinton. Um, yeah, up and about after a big round one, Clinton. Quite the opposite of uh, what my team did, but we'll get into that shortly. It's uh, wounded yak. <laughs> the yaks limping into round two but um he'll bounce back strong so uh, we'll get into that shortly um if you're watching the show on youtube make sure you like and subscribe to the show and also leave a comment as well of your um your team and what you're looking to do for round two as this is our round two previous show for Supercoach. if you're listening to us on apple or spotify podcast make sure it um, you follow the show on those platforms and leave a review. That's the best way we can um, get recognised on those channels, Clinton. And also, this is the last week where you can subscribe to our Patreon um, to go into the prize money to win the two hundred and fifty dollars for our Super Coach, uh, the group, the group. So as soon as you subscribe to the Patreon, I'll send you through the code for that group and yeah, get involved that way with our Patreon. And yeah, I guess to add on from that, Blake, if you're watching or listening to this for the first time, or even if you're a regular, um, yeah, feel free to pass it on to others. And yeah, clearly we've got quite a few joining um, as of re- even recently. So I'm hoping to get as many as possible. And then, yeah, I think the fun also is on Discord where you can join in the chat and hopefully we can have an enjoyable season. And yeah, it's all about growing our community um like mini fantasy sports com- community and now we're having fun so far so um i'm as i said i'm in, uh, quite pleased with my start and now i'm looking forward to the next few weeks yeah thank you to brent and kieran for joining over the last 24 hours um you've been sent the the group code to get involved that way so um uh, yep yeah, you've mentioned how well you've gone so far clinton for super coach round one i scored 2,118, which we'll say this very quietly. My overall ranking was 77,481. Wow. Uh, so there's 154,000 people that are in Supercoach Clinton. So I'm sitting middle of the park, um, pretty much nearly exactly halfway. So I think I you know they can get better from here. Um, how'd, what did you, you score? You'd like to think so, Blake. Um, <laughs> I scored 23.55, which leaves me in the rank of 8,017. So, yeah, pretty good start. Um, But even still, everyone made little errors that they could have done better, and I'm happy to go into those. But, um, yeah, happy with the start, and my team's well-placed to um, go into the next few weeks. Yeah, so just to put that into perspective, you scored about 250 points more than me. And you're 69,000 ranking points ahead of me. So it's still very close early doors. And even if you started like me, I think um, still possibility to climb your ba- way back up the rankings, even if you did start very poorly like the the axe. Um, so I'll go into 
what my team did right and wrong over the weekend. There won't be too many in the did well <laughs> section here. Um, I started well with my rucks. I had Grundy and Wits. Uh, Wits scored 131 is a bit of a unique option and priced at 380k. I think we should just mention that prices don't change for the first three rounds of Supercoach Clinton. Is that correct? Uh, well, the first two rounds, yeah. Then after lockout, that's they'll change heading into the third week, yes. Yeah, so um, so those prices are fixed for those first couple of rounds. Um, so with 380K, very happy with 131. Some other things I did right, just slim pickings here. Um, Clayton Oliver, 112, Lockie Neal, 140, and Patrick Crisp. Crips Clinton, 132. <laughs> uh, I, it's quite a stark difference between Crips and Crisp after yep. after my round one. Um, but Crips, after I pumped him up all prison to you and um, pretty much told him you had to get him in, he's got 132. Um, things that didn't go well for me. For starters, so I had Jack Steele as my captain who scored 87. In hindsight, I would have been better off taking Bonts 105, but Jack Steele, 87, is my captain. So that'll be a donation to Down Syndrome Victoria um, once that link's up and running with Down Syndrome Victoria, Clinton. Um, and the, a lot of things went wrong. My back line only had Sicily score above 80. Um, had Jay Ward on the field score 36. And yeah, it's it was a disaster. I don't want even even Bont. Uh, you mentioned Bont. Well, I think he's got a niggle already, and I think he should be okay for this week. But it's not an ideal start for him um, because yeah, I honestly expected him to go big in that first game, and yeah, to have a injury is not a great starter. Then to follow that up with Steele's um, captaincy score, yeah, not ideal. So. Sometimes, Blake, the, you could have got that spot on. Unfortunately for you, it's round one and, yeah, it's all part of the game. Yeah, he had a roll. Bont rolled his ankle and I think late in the second quarter and I'm surprised he managed to play out the game. He got some late points with a goal and stuff like that. So I was pretty happy that it came back onto the field. Um, yeah, start talking through your team, Clint, because just looking at my team is making me sad. <laughs> quite sad. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously some good scores. I was happy with my four premium mids being McRae, Miller, Neil, and I guess Ralph, although he's good. he will end up as a premium. But, um, yeah, happy with those top four midfielders. Um, Gordon Grundy, uh, Gordon will come good, so I'm not concerned there at all. Dunkley and Butters is my two premium forwards. Happy with Tom Stewart. I had George Hewitt, had Sicily. Um, but yeah, obviously Whitfield disappointed, but I think he'll bounce back. Um, and largely for the best part, I've got all the uh, rookies that scored well. So yeah, um, the, the, now let me explain my you have all mistakes. Them, I said nearly all of them. Um, well, I had Rochelle, um, Hayes. I had um, so I missed the big one. So let me explain that. So. What I did was I had the VC, not the VC, I had the emergency on Hayes. I had Nick Martin in my team, right? So um, I was the one, one of those people who decided not nah, 127 is too good to pass up on. 
I'm going to take out Nick Martin and I'll get in Elijah Hollands. So I think Hollands may potentially come to the team next, next few weeks. So I thought it was a smart move. Not expecting um, Nick Martin to come out and kick five and have 27 touches. So that was my first mistake. But in hindsight, at the time, it didn't seem like a mistake. But the second mistake I did, which I'm not sure even you know, and I don't think I, I, met, I clearly didn't mention him last week, but I actually had Jai Newcomb in my team. Um, so he was in my team, starting team. And then what I did... The way it worked out, I wanted to play Sherry and Brody on field, um, which would have ultimately led Jai Newcomb would have been on my bench. And to pay that much for someone on the bench, I decided I'll just take him out. I got in Connor McDonald for the Hawks. Um, so I think he'll be in a good rookie over time. So the way it panned out, I took out Nick Martin and Jai Newcomb, who collectively scored about 100 and, sorry, 250 points. And to bring in Hollands, who scored nothing, obviously, and Conor McDonald, who scored 48. So down on 200 overall points, but um, not too disappointed overall. And now and now that Nick Martin, the breaking news, is that he has... Dash's breaking news, yeah. Dash's dog's breaking news, yeah. Nick Martin has COVID, and it seems like as though he might be playing this week. So um, I don't think... If people have him in their team, him in their team, I think it's still a great thing. He'll obviously recover from that and then come back into the Bombers team in a few weeks. It's just a bit of a now, might be a bit of a slow hold for a few weeks. Whereas, yeah, so I'm now not as a, in a big rush to get him. So um, long story short, I scored well. And the other part to it, I have $282,000 in my bank, which is a great platform to open things up and I can get creative with my trades. And we'll talk about that later because yeah, there's a lot of people in the position to um, trade or hold on to their trades. And yeah, it's an interesting subject because I think that's what's the most important thing to talk about this week. And maybe we'll talk about that soon. Yeah. From what I'm seeing, I think Nick Martin was a COVID um, exposure, not, he doesn't have code oh. from what I'm seeing. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, that's go. all right. Yep. Um, and to be honest, I also had Jai Newcomb at one stage about a day really? before lockout. And then I thought, no, I'll need... And the same as you, he probably would have been on my bench. And so I thought to save me some cash so I can make moves in round two, I moved him onto McDonald as well. There you go. <laughs> we were... <laughs> Well, who, who would think we're brothers and we think the same? And we did not discuss that whatsoever. Um, so I pretty much the things that I did wrong was not having a row who was having, not having these players that are in majority of teams was very costly. Um, Rao, Rochelle and Hewitt. Hewitt. Hmm. So that was the big three that are in majority of teams that I didn't have. When I saw that Cherry was named as the number one ruck for North Melbourne, I moved Rochelle onto Cherry, which... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, which is silly in the end, but I, I think Cherry will still play as the number one ruck. I think they'll drop Coleman Jones. Um, having three ruckmen didn't work for North Melbourne on the weekend, so I think he'll 
potentially even play more ruck time and over the long term might go well. Um, yeah, so and any... you, you don't have uh, Jared Berry, do you? So you were, I think it was half time of that game. You were, you were about to delete the app. I think at half time when Jared Berry's yeah. on seventy. <laughs> yeah, got to about and half time. He was on, on sixty nine points, and he was on about seventeen disposals. I said, "Bugger this!" <laughs> I sent yeah. you a message. I said. Rao, Hewitt, and now Barry. And then he scored negative one in the second half. So that's one thing that worked out right for me in the end. But there was not having those key players that were in high percentage of teams was very costly. But yeah, yeah as we said, it, it can turn around very quickly, um, especially if you own Nick Martin and had him on the field. And now you got to figure out what to do with him. You'll most likely hold. You wouldn't definitely wouldn't trade and burn through your trades. Definitely. Because- yeah, you definitely hold definitely him, care. but um, it wouldn't be the urgency for us to get him in now. Well, yeah, sorry. So when the news broke recently, I just I assumed he had COVID. So um, just with the COVID thing, I think you have to really monitor how players are coping because it takes similar to concussion. There's a the players may come back after a week, um, so this may be like Jake Lloyd this week, but. Uh, it takes it lingers on. It depends on the individual, but there's every chance it lingers on. Although they may be past fit to play, I think there's every chance. I don't think us as super coaches should be expecting the their their usual self. I, I expect a ten to twenty percent dip of their normal self. Just perhaps just like a a player returning from a couple of weeks concussion. So I think it's something to be careful of. So. Um, in terms of Nick Martin, I, yeah, now that he's just an exposure site, I don't ex, um, expect him to be <laughs> suffering like that. So, yeah, well, they usually they put him under, they said COVID health and safety protocols or whatever, but somewhere at a source, I think it was one of the super coach content providers said they, um, that is an exposure. So, um, okay. Yeah. I don't know who you can trust these days with the different sources, but yeah, I think the AFL is just going to keep saying that they're under health and safety protocols. They're not going to actually tell us if they've got COVID or not, which will be hard to manage for a super coach um, managers, which is the most important thing. <laughs> so let, let's go on to the next subject. So as I said earlier, like I, we've got 35 trades of super coach. We've got five trade boosts for the year. Um, otherwise normally yeah for the best part we've got two trades per week so I'm hearing different stuff about you know do not trade this week um, conserve conserve and there's going to be COVID issues later in the track etc but ultimately I, I don't necessarily agree with that I mean everyone plays differently and I think the number one thing is to enjoy Supercoach and if you if you're gunning for the number one um number one um, score and you're aiming to win the holy grail of Supercoach, yeah, perhaps that's the best way to do it. But everyone's different. If you want to enjoy it, if you see a couple of names in your team that you don't like and you want you want to get two players, then just go for it. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no perfect way to play it. And anyone who thinks there's a, there's an exact rules that you should abide by and it's, it's, 
it's black and white. I, I don't personally agree with it. So I think the number one thing is to enjoy it. I'm personally, I'm trying to get the high score. So I'm going to take it seriously. I'm, I'll explain my trades later, but I don't think everyone should be telling everyone do not trade at any situation because everyone's team is slightly different and the number one objective is to try and enjoy it. So that's just, I want to get that off my chest because I, I think I'm hearing stuff about people saying do not trade it at any cost and all that. I mean, it's a game, enjoy it. And if you want to trade, trade. <laughs> that's my advice. Yeah. And a few pl- people came to me with, asking for advice about different players in pre-season. And at the end of the day, I pretty much said, if you enjoy watching this player and you think you'll score well, don't listen to me. (laughs) Mitchell, our brother, he he said to me about a week out from round one, what do you think about Luke Luke McDonald? And I said, uh, he had a bad season last year. I don't see him turning it around. But I said, if you think he will, then pick him. And so he ended I think up- that's a classic example because you know, I'll get to my trades later and that's something I'm seriously considering this week. And it's very risky. It's very risky. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to attacking the year. And I think there's a part of me who wants to be proactive rather than reactive. I'd rather get on a play like that early and then if he does happen to get injured or doesn't go well, I'll, I'll cop it. But I, I, the likes of Aaron Hall last year, when he first started to score well, people were laughing at people for thinking about bringing him in. And then three weeks, two, three weeks later, everyone was getting him in. And the people who, who were doing it early were, would have been, for the best part, laughed at for considering it. So... It's just those are the top types of players that will make your season a whole lot more enjoyable if if it comes off. So that's that's the challenge. One of the uh, social media questions we had, Clinton, was which player had a big round one that you consider to be a trap? That was from James. I think it might have been through our Discord chat, actually. But, um, yeah, this probably is a good lead-up into what you were just saying. Which players had a big round one that a trap. It's very hard for us to say, like the Aaron Hall example from last year, it's very hard for us to say which ones won't continue scoring. So we had the yeah. likes of Luke Parker score 167 in, in game one because he bagged a, a lot of goals. If we, I could probably most likely say that he's he would be a trap. Like typically he'd be a trap, but he could potentially kick multiple goals and get a lot of disposals for the season. So um, did you notice any players over the weekend that scored well in round one, Clinton, that you think? There's a couple that maybe stand out to me, and that's purely because of the opposition they've faced. And I sort of joked with you the other day about this, but I think the Geelong scores were inflated. Um, and that's a lot to do with the fact that you know, every team has has these days. So I don't think Essendon had their best day. So clearly the likes of Danger and Hawkins scored really well. Um, and they've got a great scoring history. But I think if you trade them in early now, I wouldn't be expecting those types of scores on a regular basis. And I, um, yeah, so I think 
Traps are a bit of a strong word, but I think that's something I'd be really cautious of, jumping on those types of guys. Um, the other one I think who scored really well and everyone perhaps is jumping on is Lipinski at the Pies. Um, he also had a really good game. And there's a part of me that thinks that maybe it's for real and he will score well. But there's another part of me that thinks I don't think he'll be um, scoring that consistently high and he'll people will jump on and he won't make a lot of money. And then ultimately getting a 360K player in and only making 100, $120,000 and then you're wasting potentially two trades instead of one. So, but he may, he may continue his form and he's got the crows this week and he might pump out another big score. So trap traps, a strong word. So I, I think, think I, just, I think I interpreted the question to say trap. He said, um, yeah. suck, get sucked in by them. Um, but yeah, okay. I'm calling traps for, for me, I'm standing by my round one decisions. I think Hewitt's score was inflated. He scored. Did you watch the game? I did watch the the full game. He scored 131 and scored a goal or two um, in in the last or third quarter. I think Walsh coming back into the team will impact upon him and impact upon his midfield minutes. With Chera out this week with COVID protocols as well, means he'll probably stay there this week. But I think he's had an inflated round one score. I don't expect him to continuously score that. He potentially could, and he'll be in a lot of teams, and I'll I'll be in a lot of trouble if he continues to score that. With he's in thirty one percent of teams. I'll, uh, I'll just add. I'll just add on that. So Walsh coming back. That's a, this is a prime example. Like Sam Walsh isn't a robot, right? So not long ago he did his synesmosis, right? And uh, it's not a. It's a very uh, awkward injury that you sort of think you're going along okay, it's not that bad, but it sort of lingers for a while. So I think if if anyone thinks Sam Walsh is going to come out and score exactly what he did last year for the next month, I don't necessarily expect that. And I would not be surprised if Sam Walsh actually floats maybe more wing than inside mid straight away. So in the way that Hewitt played, he was tough. He was inside. I just think he's a type of player that Voss loves and I think he's likely staying there for a while. So over the next month, maybe not 131, but I'm, I'm, I'm expecting tons from him. So, um, yeah, I'm, he was one I was very on and off the last fortnight before round one, similar to Matty Real. And I'm just fortunate that I... At the, at the death, I had them both in. So um, I think he's a player that, yeah, if you don't get him soon, yeah. But once again, similar to Lipinski, he may, yeah, you may get him in and then he makes 100K and then he may just start maybe not being as high as the premiums and then you're a bit stuffed. But I think I'm very happy to have him put it that way. Yeah, I'm sure that 31% of owners are very happy to have him. Uh, another inflated score for Geelong there. Stengel scored 120. I don't yeah. expect him to keep that up. Um, I personally don't think Hayes will continue that scoring. Like 127 for 102k Ruckman. If if he continues that, he'll be one of the pickups of the year. 
He's already in 59.7% of teams. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if if he has a couple of bad games and Ryder takes his position come round four. Yeah. So, so before we start talking a bit more individuals, let's talk about our plans. So your immediate plans for this round, what are you thinking? At the moment, where's it, where does it sit for you? Half an hour ago, it was bringing Nick Martin. For who? That's an uh, important factor. Uh, for Jay Ward. He, uh, yeah. I think he picked up an ankle injury. So that was going to be my number one trade of Ward to Martin for cash generation. But I think the key player that I need to get in is Rao after what he did last round. He's going to be a premium scorer. He's absolute bull. So I need to, my number one priority is to bring him, him in. I know you shouldn't go chasing scores or anything like that, but um, yeah, by not getting him in straight away, I'm potentially missing out on 70, 70, 70 to a hundred points come round two. So um, yeah, I don't want to have that happen to me again. So that's my number one priority. And I do have 127K sitting there. So I just need to find another 40K somewhere, whether that's a downgrade from Hinge or someone like that who only scored 50, trying to find a way to get Ward to Rao. Well, the, the reason why I ask is keeping in mind next week, there's a lot of discussion about people using a trade boost next week. So in terms of that trade, I mean, yeah, you want Real, and but to, to force two trades to get him, it's potentially worthwhile just waiting another week to see how Ward goes, to see how Real goes again. And then depending on across the rest of your team, how many trades you would perhaps expect to make next week. So, for example, with Nick Martin, it, yeah, I think it was, that was a good option and I was definitely going to do potentially the same to get him in. And then that still left me with a position to then weigh up two trades next week, then potentially a boost as well if I needed it. But, um, yeah, it's, it, I think you need to think about the trades in terms of a two-week window and what we can't predict... Um, COVID issues or injuries, but um, if there is issues next week, yeah, maybe it is a good idea to get real this week. Or on the flip side, if no issues pop up and then all of a sudden real has a quiet game or Ward goes off, you'd be regretting that initial trade. So, um, yeah, it's everyone. everyone's different. So I think Nick Martin... For those who don't have him now, like at the moment as it stands, he was being traded in by 19,000 um, people by the looks of things. So yep. um, that's that'll all change. And yeah, so yeah, across the board, you need to think about who you're actually trading out and the risk going into yeah, seeing it as a two-week window. The um, biggest surprise for me is the amount of people that are trading out Crisp and Jack Steele at the moment. I know they performed yeah. badly round one, but they've been traded out by six and six and a half thousand people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Once again, everyone can play their own game if they want to do it. Like it's it's obviously risky in terms of the long game. It's not potentially an ideal 
thing to do. But once again, people can do it, whatever. People can trade whoever they want. And um, yeah, in previous history, um, it suggests that that's probably a very risky, very risky move, but you never know, do you? Yeah. Uh, for me, it depend on if Ward plays this week. Um, if he recovers from that ankle injury, okay. And with the timing of the matches, I they're both playing on Saturday, Ward and Real. So I'll be able to make make that decision come Saturday, um, depending on team selection. So going on to what I was thinking for my team before we obviously start talking about a few other players. <laughs> There's probably three options I was looking at prior to the Martin news. The first move was literally do nothing and just conserve. And the big issue for me is, I think, Jared Berry. And the reason why I want to bring him up is um, I've got scars from last year regarding Dan Houston. And he started off the year on fire. I'm not sure exactly what round it was, but he, but he hurt his shoulder. Um and then for the next period of time, I'm not sure it was about a month or not, but he got to play. They kept on the news was saying he was right to play, and everyone who had him was very pleased that he's going to play. But then he wasn't the same player because he wasn't um, able to be in the contest that he normally was, and he was playing sore, and he's scored his scores just plummeted. So I think I think that's a bit of a lesson, and. Although the news is that Barry looks as though he's going to play, I'm very wary of the fact that if he's not able to um, play his normal way, he won't get those contested possessions. If he's reliant on his ball use, he's not, um, as it proved on the weekend, he can um, not score as well with his disposal. So he's someone that I'm tempted to get rid of now. And um, once again, as I said, the, the smart option is just to wait another week or if I'm being proactive, Barry, this hypothetical, he could score 110 and make me pay or he could score 30. Everyone who owns him regrets holding him. And if I've traded him to hypothetically someone like Luke McDonald who plays West Coast and if he gets 35 touches and um, 13 marks, which I'm sort of predicting... <laughs> That I've got a, a huge jump on the on the rest of the competition, the Supercoach competition, because of that move. So Jared Berry is the one that I'm really going to listen in on the news this week to hear if he's 100% or not. I don't think he's going to be 100%. So he's the player that I'm looking at potentially moving. Um, and literally the move was either going to be straight to, as I said, I've got 280K in the bank, straight to Luke McDonald, I could have chosen the likes of Lipinski, um, who else? Um, sort of DPP, try to get someone like Heaney. Um, but the other move, which I was going to do, which is my third option, was to potentially, to get this player, I was going to downgrade Ward to uh, Nick Martin, which is clearly not going to happen now. And I was going to go from Barry with all that money all the way up to Petrarca, who I think was so impressive. And I can't, can't see him putting this poor score at the moment. So once again, I would have then just got enough, pretty much with all that money in my bank, 
with two trades, I was, was going to bring in Martin, who was, yeah, and then go all the way from Barry to Petrarca. So that was going to be a very bold move, but it's just a player that I just want to have in my team. And so that was my three options, which I think one of those options is now out, which is the Martin move. So, yeah, now I'm weighing up nothing or Barry to McDonald at the moment. From uh, Brisbane Lions camp on Joe Berry, he had a minor shoulder capsule irritation. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's it, just... And then they added, yeah. it is stable and we'll get him up for this week. Yeah, it's, it's alarm bells. <laughs> it's alarm bells. Shoulder but... capsule irritation. <laughs> Once again, it's a big if. He may play and he may go well. But he's going to have a lingering shoulder issue for months, and if he gets a hard knock, um, yeah, who knows? Clearly, it's not as bad as the um, Josh Dunkley injury from last year. Like for those who had Dunkley and then knew that he was playing sore, and then he hurt it again. I think it was right at the end of the game. So um, yeah, it's not. As soon as you've got a shoulder injury, it's just alarm bells for me. Yeah, good call there, Clint. Well, uh, we'll talk through some individual names and I'd like to get your thoughts on a few players. For me personally, I'm staying away from Carlton players just for one more week, um, even though I don't have Hewitt or Durden as well. Um, I think it's just too risky with the names that are coming out um, of Carlton at the moment with Chera being named out, their coaching staff and Martin as well. So, I think it's just too risky to bring in Carlton at the moment. Um, do you agree? <laughs> is, that the way of you, is that the way of you justifying your Hewitt? You're not jumping on Hewitt? I was I was probably going to wait a week anyway, um, regardless yeah, re- regardless of the COVID decision. Um, fair enough to you. One that I'll wait another week on is Rochelle after stuffing that, stuffing that up. I don't expect him to kick five goals every week, so... <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle, what, uh, what he was unbelievable. So I think he, um, yeah, I think we're talking about players that you must have, like in terms of forcing the trades, yeah, potentially could wait another week. But the likes of Rochelle, the likes of Hayes, and yeah, obviously the likes of Martin until he is now out. But everyone should have Dacos, Horn Francis. And then, yeah, but they're, they're players if you missed. If, if you, like yourself, got them out the last minute, yeah, I think it's for your best interest to get them in to get those price rises. Yeah. For the majority of my team, I'm happy to give them one more week. And if they're not picked this week, I potentially might be able to use them as a looping option. Um, the likes of De Koning, who got a head knock, I think he'll pop most likely be my loop for this week. Um, potentially the West Coast players might get dropped for round two. I've, I've heard that the West Coast are getting a few players back for round two. So the likes of Dixon and uh, Hoff, I believe it is, um, they potentially might not even get a game round two. So if some of those players aren't picked for round two, Clinton, would you be looking to move them on straight away? Um, I think Hoff was, yeah, similar to Hoff and Saligo for the Crows. I think they're likely to be out and yeah perhaps weren't the great greatest of picks and yeah I think depends on how 
um, if you've got other issues, but potentially you could wait a week and see what other issues come up in your team. If there's no issues to premiums, then yeah, I think potentially they're worthy of a of a side trade to someone who will be going up in price compared to being a donut on your bench. So um, yeah, the likes of Saliga and Hoff yeah, are likely to be needed to be traded out soon. Um, whereas Dixon, I'm not as convinced on. I think he's the chance to stay in the team. Um, and yeah, it all depends how Darling comes back, really. But yeah, I think I think he's a chance of staying in for a couple more weeks, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think if they're getting dropped, then they're 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 on the chopping block. But if it's an injury like deconing or if Ward misses due to an ankle injury, then um they're probably worth holding for one or two weeks if if they're um only short term injuries. What's your opinion? I'll, I'll chime in with the name. Uh, Will Brody, have you got him? He is on my field. What's your yeah. concern with Brody there, Clint? Uh, there's obvious concerns about the looming return of Fife. Um, he spent 20 minutes on the bench in the last quarter, but I actually, I'm actually quite happy to have him. And um, I think he'll... I think he'll be a good selection and I think he'll um, surprise many with his game this week because um, I think he, yeah, watching the parts of that game, I think he is a really important player for him actually. So I don't think he'll be just moved out and um, then moved out of the team. I think he's got the next month to really show, I think he'll be desperate to stay in and play well. I think the next month he will. So I think at 224K for a mid forward, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with him, whereas a lot of people are doubting and have doubts. Where he scored 76, he was when all the scores are being scored in the last quarter in Supercoach, he was on the bench. Um, so I, th- I think he's a good selection. For starters, I first did, instead of Rochelle to Cherry, I went Will Brody to Cherry. Um, but then I rethought about it and thought, Will Brody is going to be playing predominantly midfield with Fife out for round one. He's bound to score pretty well. Didn't work out too well for me, but I've got other issues to fix up first. So for, for me, I've got a lot of different issues across the field of other players. I need to get in first and he, he'll be staying there for me for a fair while, I think. Yeah. Um, I'll just chime in now with a couple of names that scored really well on the weekend and that I'm eyeing off, um, I guess, over the course of the next month or so. So I've already mentioned Petrarca. Um, that's one that, yeah, I don't regret. Not st- I'm happy with my top four premiums, just um, whether or not how I get him in. Um, the next name I want to mention, I have to scroll down the list a little bit, um, is... Tim English. Speaking so, of. So he, with Steph Martin not playing, he played solo ruck. Um, he's looking stronger and bigger. He's great around the ground with marks. And he's eligible as a forward line player at 482K. So um, as I said, there's lots of talk about Haney, um, who else in the forward line. Um, Butters. Yeah, even, 
but yeah, but a lot of people started butters. Tim Taranto, everyone's maybe eyeing off in about a month or so, but he still scored 119. Um, but in terms of English, I think he might have been a yeah, really good sneaky starting option because um, as a forward, because I, I think um, I've just got a feeling he'll score well again this week and then everyone's going to start real, realising he, he's going to be one that we need in our teams. So he's one I'm watching. as In terms of a top two, Luke McDonald is on, on my um, radar and so is Tim English. Yeah, Tim English, the fourth highest scoring forward for the week. But my concern is my concern is still Martin. I think he was a late out for the game. So they're obviously still playing around with that ruck, ruck structure. And if they decide in four weeks' time that they want to play Martin for a few weeks, like I think that impacts upon his scoring quite heavily. And it's been proven in previous seasons how he doesn't score as well when Martin or a second Ruckman is playing. And I think his score is slightly inflated as well. Like he was taking marks in the forward line, which usually doesn't happen for Tim. He's scored, uh, he's scored I, I 12, just, 12 goals in his whole career. I just think he was, sometimes it takes several years for these Ruckman to really come on. And he's, he showed, glimpses in the past and I just got a feeling after watching that game that he's one that we should be seriously considering and as I said for the likes of um, teams like myself who have Gorn and Grundy I don't want to get rid of them but you can get English in the full line where Ruckman at times get points for fun because they're always in the um, contest and then with his around the ground work he's someone I'm seriously considering next one I'll bring up before you can chime in with some players. One more. And I've already mentioned Luke McDonald. So I think it's a good time to mention Aaron Hall. So obviously really risky pick for those who brought him in and huge credit for those who did. I know my neighbour Scott brought him in and was very happy. Um, so that was due to, I think it was Jake Lloyd going out. He brought in Aaron Hall and um, yeah, 129, and he was on about 100 at half time. So it could have been a hell of a lot more. Um, so the way that he plays, and everyone watched it last year, the big question obviously is his body. If he can just remain fit, I think he's the number one scoring defender. So right now he's 572. Just consider his score for, his scores from last year. Obviously, started very slowly with his role, etc. And then it wasn't until about round six or seven he started dominating. And if you took his average from that point on, it was a lot. And so he scored right now he can still everyone a month ago prior to his hamstring injury was stuck had him in their teams. He hurt his hammy, everyone got him out. But now if he so happens to get fit again, I think he's going to be the number one defender. And his, his price will only go up and up. So, instead, yeah, instead of the Petrarca move, the, the trade scenario where I get Petrarca, perhaps I should be being proactive and jumping the gun and having the risky move of getting Hall because um, perhaps he's the one to get right now because in, a, in about five weeks' time when he's pumping out 130s for fun, his price will only go up. So... That's someone I'm very interested in. 
Would but you it's be, obviously very, very risky. Would you be happy if you got in Hall, he scored 120 for the next six, seven weeks, and then didn't play again for the rest of the year? Would you be happy bringing him in now? Because that's well, that's pretty much what what you're saying. Because because there hasn't been a season where he's played a, a full year of footy. He's obviously a very good scorer. But would you be happy bringing him in a player, even though he scores 120 for fun? Would you be happy if you did that for six weeks and then you used two trades on him? Well, you're right, but. Uh... Sometimes these are the moves that win you super coach. And if you uh, if he doesn't get injured, which is a big if, I think um, because I think by that stage, in a month's time, if he's scoring those 130s for fun, might even be 140s for fun, um, everyone will be getting him in by that stage. So yeah, I understand it's risky. I thought it's he's worth mentioning though, because I think he's um, yeah, he's a type of player that could win you the win you the the holy grail. Yeah, it's a it's definitely an interesting player. Like he didn't score under a hundred for the last nine games last season. He scored three scores of over one hundred and thirty eight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just very risky. It's risky, it, it, honestly, especially yeah. in the preseason when he did his hammy. <laughs> yeah, if he. Yeah, I understand. I think, and if, also the other thing, the if, other thing is, um, sorry, if Chris fails again, like, and Hall performs, it might be a clear swap. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of hamstring issues, when you come back, you can play a good game. The second week is the issue. So, maybe just if he gets through this week and he scores hundred and thirty, then's a good time. I don't but, think I won't do it this week. Put it that way. We're very uh, well informed about hamstring injuries between us. I think. I think it runs with the family. That Blake, we know yeah. a bit about it. Yep. Mine is still sore from a practice match. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Did you have any, any other, other names? Oh, I think that's enough for me. Have you got any names you want to mention? No, not really. Um, any consideration to Tom Green at four hundred and thirty k, second highest score, one hundred sixty four points. Um, very impressive. Could it be another Clayton Oliver? Um, potentially, I think if he scores well this week, and if I don't do the Berry move to someone else, maybe instead of Berry to the other names I mentioned, maybe it's Berry to Green. So that's that's another good reason why I should I should just wait because then I've got two weeks of information, and then I could really. But I just got a hunch about Barry. Maybe I'd bench Barry this week to play it safe. And then I consider how Barry looks and which are the better options. So after all that chat about being proactive and trying to win the money, et cetera, I am going potentially going to chicken out and don't do anything this week. If Gorn fails in round two, would you consider trading into Tim English? Depends on the file. If it's a bad file, if it's just another score of just around 100 mark, I'm likely to keep. But if it's if he gets a slight injury or if he... I can't see it happening, but if he does score a 50 or 60, maybe, maybe that is an option. But right now, it's set and forget for a reason. 
if you had Jordan Ridley, like 22% of the community does, and he scored mm-hmm. 68, would you hold or trade him? If he scores 68 in round two? Yeah, if he scores that again. If he scores that again and there's no other issues, I probably would, yes. But if you've got other issues, if you've got rookies that you don't have, I'd prioritise getting the rookies still. Yep, that pretty much wraps up my questions for you there, Clint. I was <laughs> oh, just going you. through some uh, key names there. That might be a, a new segment um, going to into next week's show, quick fire questions with Dasher or something. I think, yeah, I think we mentioned it Monday night also, but from next week, we'll, we can also really start discussing how how our trades go from the previous week. And unfortunately, next week, maybe we won't be reviewing them for me because I'm likely to do nothing. But each week we do make trades. We want to review them and see how they go and if it's a big tick or cross. So um, maybe that they are better to be judged after a month anyway. But um yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Blake. It's yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to getting some more people in our Discord. Um, obviously, there's prize money to be won in the overall. So I think yeah, I, I was very excited watching the games throughout the weekend and some good footy on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one more thing. One more thing. Sorry. You're right, mate. Hit me. VC and C. What are your th- thoughts at the moment? Because so, I think that's important. We should do this every week. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so pretty much my captain options are very limited this week because I don't want to take a risk on a player who's performed badly in round one. So my captaincy options, uh, I'm not going to take a pun on Jack Steele again. So I've got Clayton Oliver, not going to go bond after the injury. Clayton Oliver, Neil, Cripps. Grundy and Dunkley are pretty much my only options that I have as my premiums that I I want yeah, to I, captain. I don't want you to rattle off all your premiums. I want you to tell me who you are going to VC and see. Well, I'll let you think about it. I'll go to mine. So <laughs> thank you. What I, what I suggest is depends what everyone's teams are and if they've got a donut or not. So a lot of people have Sam DeConing from Geelong who play on a Friday night. And if you don't have another donut, potentially, I think it's worthwhile, obviously, putting a VC on the Thursday night. So Bulldogs versus Carlton. I think if you've got McRae, that's a very wise option. Um, and that's who I'm potentially going to do. Dunkley, I also like a lot because I expect it to be a very contested and hot, hard-fought game. Bulldogs after coming off a loss. Carlton impressing and playing their tough style. I think that suits Dunkley down to the ground. So I'm weighing up between McRae and Dunkley, but I recommend, as I said about the donuts, if you've got De Koning, that's an easy captain score. Oh, sorry, a, a captain loophole. So I recommend VCing those guys. Um, and then in terms of if that doesn't pan out, um, I'm I'm very tempted to have Tukamila as my regular captain because I think he's an absolute gun. I don't. I want to talk about him every week because I love watching him play. Um, I'll mention him every week because he's so, so good. Um, it's likely to be Tuk or 
a risky play might be not a risky, but Lockie Neal um, likes to play Essendon. Apparently, Blake, did you know that? Everyone loves to play Essendon. Apparently, <laughs> um, so I think they're the two names for me that I'll be tossing up as cap- as the captain backup. But uh, hopefully, McRae or Dunkley do the job. Just I'm not sure which way I'm going to lean on that one yet. You didn't appreciate my stalling tactics just before Clinton as I was uh, trying to figure out who I was going to captain. No, uh, I have enough of the stalling tactics. Yeah. Um, so my vice captain will be Dunkley. Um, like you said, Deconi will be my looping option. So, well, if he doesn't play, Dunkley will be my VC. Deconi's got concussion. He's not playing. Do they announce that already? I'm pre- oh, yeah, I'm almost certain he got ruled out. Um, He's out for this week with concussion. So that's why, okay. yeah. Um, and my captain after Dunkley will be Lockie Neal because he averages 120 against Essendon. His last score against them was 157. And he's done, he scored over 140 against them three times in the last three years. Yeah. Excellent. So the next, I think the other big decision we need to make this week is if you have the likes of Rochelle, uh, Hayes, Sherry, McGovern, Cornelio, Brody, you'd have to bench someone. So it's, it, I'm not sure how we're going to discuss it as it, but there's going to be a couple of those people, those players who will be benched. So, I don't think it's a correct answer because they, they've all got potential. Right now, we could predict who we'd start, but we could get it really wrong. And um, so I'm likely at this stage to be benching Rochelle. Um, just although he plays the pies, I think he'll, I can see it that he goes, has, has another good game, but. Um, at the moment, he's probably going to be the one I bench. I, I'm backing in McGovern. I'm backing in Sherry, Canelio. Um, I'm guessing you've I got Deconing like, as a defender. Yes, I do have Deconing. Yeah. So he's, he can he can be my loop. So it's just the more it's more about those decisions about those rookies because I think that's a big dilemma this week. And um, yeah, that'd think, be a great luxury to have, wouldn't it? No, well, <laughs> no, well, I'm I'm serious. There's a lot of people there who will be deliberating deliberating over that i think nick martin for those who have him which is a lot of people i think that's eased their um dilemma because i think he'll obviously be not be on his starting field so um yeah i think rochelle hayes is an interesting one um yeah that's my dilemma you know don't have to bench someone so um good luck with that decision if they did have nick martin you'd think they'd um use him as a looping option there's another um, loop for you, yep. For me, I've got the coning in my forward line, but my other bench option is Baldwin, so he'll definitely be on my bench. Yes, yep. Yeah. So, Probably yeah. a loophole. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, mate. It's been a big show, I think. So um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully our community's enjoyed it and um, got some information out of it. Make sure you, like we already said, subscribe to the channels and check out the Patreon um, because, yeah, that round one game will be our lockout for joining the Patreon. Well, it's it's for the prize money. So 
we're hoping to get more people on board throughout the year, the entire year throughout Patreon. But um, I think in terms of the yeah, the prize money that we're offering, we don't want someone joining our competition after round four when they're leading the competition, they're leading Supercoach. We don't want someone thinking they can just join in. So that's the reason why we're cutting it off um, as of tomorrow night. And whoever is with us, thank you and good luck. And yeah, hopefully we can get some more people throughout the year also. All said, Clinton, good luck for round two. You too, Blake.